1: Hello, I'm Sam Michael, and welcome to another episode of the most self explanatory podcast out there. This is comedians talking about football. Very simple premise, I pretty much just told you it. Each episode, we have a different comedian who comes on the show, talks about the lows, the highs, the overpriced pies, and pretty much everything else that comes with supporting a football team. This episode is the official kickoff to the brand new series. If you're new here, then welcome. I hope you enjoy the podcast and we've got loads of other episodes with great guests for you to listen to also. Uh, If you're a long running listener, then welcome back. I hope you enjoy this series with more fantastic guests talking about football. For now though, we have a fantastic comedian with us today. She is a huge West Bromwich Albion fan. She's known actually within the West Bromwich fan community. Uh, She's very good friends with a famous fan in particular, Mr. Adrian Charles. How good a friend. Is she with him? Well, she even attended his stag do. Some stories about that coming up. So, without further ado, this is Karen Bailey talking about West Bromwich Albion on comedians talking about football. Football. At the end of the day. Football. It's
0: a funny old game. Comedians talking about football. Comedians talking
1: about football. Comedians talking about football. You might see my dog's ass every now and again. <laughs> That's fine. No problem at all. No problem at all. Um, well, Karen Bailey, how are you doing?
0: Very well, thank you. How are you?
1: Yeah, well, good, thank you. We're here to talk West Bromwich Albion today.
0: I'm always asked to talk about West Brom when we're rubbish, <laughs> but I am I am talk sports go to West Brom person when we're losing. They don't ask me on when we're winning. I feel like with
1: West Brom, maybe there's a situation where because you've you've been pardon the expression a yo-yo team for a while that if you guys don't go up,
0: like somebody's cut the string.
1: Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. Um, which no doubt we'll talk about in this episode. Um, <laughs> well where else would I start except with the bombshell you dropped on me when we were organising this recording that you went on the stag do of Mr Adrian Charles, an iconic West Bromwich Albion fan. How did that come about and how was it?
0: (laughs) Uh, It was really good fun. Um, I met Adrian through um, Joe Lycett and uh, we shared the fact that we're Albion fans and then I, I've, gone to quite a lot of matches with Adrian so if he's got a spare ticket uh I've gone along with him and then I've not seen I haven't seen him since lockdown and then I just got a text going oh I'm getting married on Saturday do you want to come for some drinks and I went uh yes please (laughs) so yeah and it was we it was funny because we went back to his friend's house so we went to this pub and because I was dry I was driving because I wasn't drinking at the at the time because when I got to his friend's house, I necked a few whisk- whiskies and ended up on the sofa. Um, but yeah, so when we um, were walking back, so I gave a couple of his mates uh, a lift back to the house. And Adrian and his mate John were walking down, it's like in his country lane. And we get home and like John and Adrian are looking like really sheepish. And John goes, did you see us moon you? And I went, No. And he turned around to me and he said, shit, I told you it was the waitress from the pub. <laughs> <laughs> so they decided to moon us on the way past and they got the wrong car.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's fantastic. I just love that you were like... Yeah, I'm just, um can't do this week. I'm, I'm, I'm going to Adrian Charles' stag deal on the weekend. I just thought that was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Um, and obviously, yeah. I was going to ask actually if there were any legends there, because he's obviously got quite a good relationship with some of like West Brom's ex players.
0: Some of his old friends. So there is his, the guy that was going to be his best man. And then um, here is another fellow Albion fan. And then there was um, a cricketer and uh, and his old schoolmate. So that was it, really. There weren't many of us. I was quite honoured to be there. I was an honorary uh, baggy, I think.
1: <laughs> That's great. I've always really respected Agent Charles in that sense of, like, he was so, you know, very high up involved in sports sports, um punditry especially mm. when he moved over to ITV he was, he was the main man um but he's always seems to me and you probably know him more personally as like a, you know like a proper fan goes to all the games meets mates at pubs and so on
0: yeah absolutely I mean he goes with he sits with um there's a guy that he used to go to school with um yes yeah, the, gr- the group of people i who I've got to know uh, the people who sit around him are all old school friends and um Yeah, so that's really nice. So they all sort of meet up and go to a little old man's pub before the game Hmm. and then all walk down to the pit. And there's always people, you know, as he's going into the ground, there's loads of people, you're right, mate, you're right, Adrian. You know, so it's, uh, yeah, he's a friendly face there.
1: Oh, fantastic. And How about you, Karen? Where did it start for you with West Brom?
0: Um, Inherited it. So my dad's from West Brom. My granddad, West Brom. So, um, yeah, so all our family are West Brom and I've got two older brothers. So it was very much a case of support the football or not join in. So, (laughs) but I I absolutely love it. So, yeah, it it was in the blood, so to speak. Oh,
1: yeah, you're a very passionate fan. And as you've already said, I've heard you a lot. Go on to talk sport to discuss West Brom and the um, various uh, positions over the years um so i've already broken tradition but i needed to talk about the adrian charles stag do but what <laughs> we normally do is just to get to know each other we start with a quick fire selection of questions um oh. some of them some of them are ones that we we ask everybody and some of them are tailored specifically to the person that i'm talking about so uh first question of course you're a west brom fan is that your local team?
0: Yes. I live in Birmingham city centre. So I suppose the closest is Villa. I think Villa's about two miles, two or three miles away. And the Albion's about four miles. But I can get the tram and go straight from my boat, so live in a boat. So I can mm. literally get the tram right from out my boat. And that goes directly to the Hawthorns.
1: So that's pretty local. That's nice. That now you were saying as well though just now. So your dad actually grew up. Did he grow up closer to the stadium? Did he? Or yeah, my dad grew up
0: in West Brom. Yeah, you do find somewhere,
1: especially in London, some some people grow up near a particular stadium, but make the choice to say someone might grow up near Chelsea, for example, but they specifically choose to be an Arsenal fan. I always take that that's not always the Especially kind of the older fans, like you know, like your dad, of course, from back in the day. Mm. It was very in Birmingham, it was specific to either Birmingham, Aston Villa or West Brom.
0: So there's Wolves and West Brom are the black Countryside, mm. and then Birmingham and Villa are supposedly the Birmingham sides. But the rivalry, especially amongst the older fans, is definitely between Villa and West Brom.
1: Mm. Well, that was gonna be my next question yeah my next question was going to be who do you consider the biggest rivals
0: yeah no a lot of the younger fans hate wolves but a lot of the older fans um hate villa and this is actually when i first got to know adrian uh when i first met him he texts me it's when villa were playing arsenal in the fa cup Hmm. and He texted me and he said, "Do you want to come to the pub? I'm gathering friends that hate Villa to watch the match." <laughs> and every time Arsenal scored, he kept jumping up and he's going, "Am I allowed to swear on this?" By the way, of course
1: you are. Yeah,
0: yeah. He jumped up at one point when they scored, and he turned around to me, he went, "Oh, i I being a bit of a cunt?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm okay. So my next question is, uh, and again, this is one I ask everybody: club over country? Yes or no?
0: Hmm, that's hard because I love watching England play and I get really into England, but I suppose it would have to be club. But I, so, I, I think it's not very comparable, really.
1: Yeah, it's a hard one. So the, so when I sort of try, because a lot of people give that sort of answer, this sort of phenomenon, but then I suppose a loaded question I can ask off the back of that is, would you rather in the next five years see England win the World Cup or West Brom lift the Premier League trophy?
0: Well, because it's completely impossible, I'd have to go for England to. To yeah, I think England to, to because it would, um, it would really piss off a lot of like fans that hate England. because mm. so, they're we're going all oh, you keep going on about nineteen sixty six and um, and it's just totally out of my. Comprehension that West Brom could ever lift the Premier League trophy, unless I don't know. So, um, I suppose I'd have to go for England. I was going to say I was very, um, I was very
1: surprised to see. I didn't know that West Brom had actually won the, you know, the, the English title, the top English title. Mm-hmm. I didn't realise it was just over a hundred years ago, in nineteen nineteen slash nineteen twenty.
0: Yeah, well, we were one of the original twelve. Mm. Um, so we must have won it at some point <laughs> just by logistics. Um, we had a really cracking team in the 70s. I mean we were second, I think. Mm. We were second in the first division. Um, we're in Europe. You know, I mean at one point we had five England players, yeah in the Albion team. and I actually remember going to watch them with my dad. I remember going to see like Laurie, Laurie Cunningham and Brian Robson and Mm. play for Albion. So. I was going to say it's got
1: such a rich history. It's say West Brom are a big club. A lot of the, a lot of the Midlands clubs are big really. They might not have always spent time in the premier league, but they certainly do. They, They certainly do have a rich
0: history. Yeah. I mean, I went to the league two playoffs at Wembley when we were playing Port Vale and, um, They said that there were the most ever fans for a side because normally a lot of corporate tickets are sold. But it was League Two; no, 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 none of the corporates want to go, so they just sold the tickets to the fans. So I think there was forty-five thousand West Brom fans and nine thousand Port Vale fans, and it it was just brilliant just to see all these people driving down, you know, driving down to Wembley from the Midlands with all the scarves flying out of the cars and everything. I mean, it was a proper day out.
1: Oh, fantastic and my last question for this round is do you find that when you gig in uh, the midlands uh, in the black country that you your your fandom ha- comes across to the audience to so have you found a bit of a following amongst west brom fans or people in west brom in general yeah oh <laughs>
0: sorry that was my
1: dog, dog popped up
0: he wants to join in there just again <laughs> He's welcome. Um, If you look very closely, he's got a West Brom collar on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, West Brom fan, aren't you, Bert? Um, I talk about being a West Brom on on stage, and interestingly, I've had... um, there's it been Blackpool once? I think it was Blackpool. And this guy came up to me and he was um, head of the the Manchester West Brom um, association, you know, um, Mm. fans and they used to get a coach every he used to organise the coaches to come down to the Albion to watch the matches but it was it was when tony Pulis was our manager and he said we're not he said i'm not going down until that twat's gone <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> so you it. do get talked a lot i think as well you get to, i get talking a lot to the comedians about football mm. uh, and especially that i think there's more solidarity amongst the fans of the less, you know, not the top four sides, because everybody gets a bit jaded listening to, you know, Chelsea and Man U mm. and Man City and Liverpool. It all gets a bit, and you know, I mean, the um, the comedian's Facebook page talking about football away from pricks. And yeah. I'm like, no, most of you are pricks at the moment. So it's just the same, the same conversations. So it's quite nice to have a conversation with somebody who supports a team that's not always successful.
1: I absolutely agree with you there. And in fact, that's what led to me creating this podcast. It was kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm a very kind of basic, boring bloke in the sense of my, <laughs> my sort of first conversation starter is, did you watch the game last night? Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and I did find that a lot of um, comedians, who I wouldn't expect to have any interest in sport whatsoever, are not only football fans, but they are obsessed there's a there's an obsessive gene in some of them. They might never have mentioned on, on on television, on radio, or even in their stand-up yeah. or on social media that they ever follow a team. But I'll sometimes talk to someone and they'll just go into such detail. I don't be wrong. You're right. There is the odd disappointment. There's nothing worse than you know I'm down. I might be down in uh, Brighton or something, and I'm just chatting to a, to sort of you know, a, you know, a 19 year old young comic, and he's like, oh, I, I, yeah. I'm into football, right? Who do you support? Man United, mate right oh no no, no I'm not a, I'm not a glory supporter you know my dad supported them oh where's he from oh Sussex you know <laughs> it's like
0: yeah I know exactly and but, you can't explain it can you? it's interesting you say that though be how you can connect over football um mm. I was in um I, I came I was with a friend another comedian actually and uh, we we're in a pub in Birmingham I don't know I can't remember where we'd been but we thought oh we'll just pop into the Vic which is like a little local pub right in the city centre and um I'd got my West Brom sort of sort of jacket on. And this guy was sat down and started to make a fuss of my dog. And um and he said, Oh, you're a West Brom fan. And I was like, Yeah. Um, and he was chatting away. I said, Oh, who do you support? And he was talking about basic on support Brighton. And we started to chat about that. And I said, like, Oh, what's your name? He went, Rory, um, Karen, lovely to meet you, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> my friend nudges me, he goes, Do you know who that is? And I went, No. And he went, it's Rag and Bone Man. <laughs> And I had no idea who it was. Didn't know what he looked like. Obviously, I knew his songs. Yeah. And I'd been humming one of his songs that day. I would no idea. So we were just chatting about football.
1: It's a funny old game. Comedians talking about football. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter with the handle at ComTalkFootyPod. That's at ComTalkFootyPod.
0: One of my favourite things coming back from a gig, um, coming back from London on the train, and uh, I'd got a bottle of wine, and I, st- I was just swigging the wine out of this bottle, and um, there were a couple of uh, well, there a couple of um, blues fans who'd just been down. On the, to see a match and then there's this guy that was sat opposite me and he was just smiling and nodding at some of the things we were saying I didn't know any of these people by the way and then this guy I said oh are you a football fan he went yeah I said who do you support me. He went Charlton and then we were just like it was like all these smaller teams having this chat on the train mm. and you could see some te- you could see, probably see some people thinking I want to join in but I'm a Man United fan <laughs> <I> and <can't. laughs> brings people together Oh,
1: absolutely! I I get really fast. I get really excited when there's someone who you're right. If you sort of say, "Oh, who do you support?" and then they'll they'll come out with something like you know Port Vale or Hereford or you know a little League Two team. I get really excited. So I sort of go, "Oh, do you remember this player or this?" You know, I'll I'll sort of talk to um, you know, I might talk to someone who's a Cambridge fan, and I'll just get excited about sort of the players I know who sort of came up through there. Uh, and their yeah. attachments to certain big players who started their career there, like I don't know, like Dion Dublin, something like that. And it can just turn into this big conversation, quite nerdy football conversation. But that's essentially what started this podcast. It's it, yeah, it's that. Uh, if someone's a kind of into, if someone says to me, "Oh, I'm all right with football." i'd be up for coming on i'm kind of like yeah i'll let you know but it's when someone comes to me and they're like right i know my staff and football it, it's great it makes for yeah. a great episode um so with you with yourself then once you became a fan uh, alongside your brothers what are your earliest memories of maybe going to west brom fans or being a fan in general
0: um i remember going with my dad and sitting on his shoulders obviously when it was you know in the stands when you could stand up and um I didn't go a lot when I was younger because it was expensive, you know, it, mm. you know, we weren't that well off to go, but I, I, every now and again, my dad would get tickets from, through his work friends. And I remember the once he'd got his tickets and he was really excited to get to it. We all sat there. And then it, we were, I always remember we would Newcastle and we realised that we were sat amongst the Newcastle fans. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my dad said, um, if we score, don't jump up, don't cheer. We were like, oh, okay. So we just sat there Um, we didn't score. Newcastle scored three times and they must have thought that's a really odd family that are in the midst of this crowd, just sitting, looking really forlorn, not cheering. So <coughs> I remember that. Um, I remember going with my dad um, when we got promoted And it was between us and wolves. And it was the last game of the season. And we were playing Crystal Palace. And uh, we were right next to the Crystal Palace fans. And all the Palace fans were like joining in with us and kept, you know, sort of putting their thumbs up and smiling and waving. And then when we got promoted, everybody just ran on the pitch. And I said, come on, Dad, let's go on the pitch. I I love he was like a naughty schoolboy that he couldn't go on the pitch. So I grabbed his hand and I pulled him onto the pitch and he just like stepped and he, on his face. It was such a picture. It was like, you know, he was a grown man. It was just like, mm. he stepped on the hallowed ground. I said, come on, you can go across the tu- you know, across the line. No, 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 I'll, I'll just stay here. So yeah, I remember that. that um,
1: that's great. That reminds me of my dad a little bit in the sense of not wanting to go on the pitch when he was older because when he was younger, about 13, 14, I think it was an England game. He he, he went to and um, he ran on the pitch, and I think got like hit by a policeman or something. It was obviously you know fans are a lot more uh, i will say a bit more rowdy back then, so police were a little bit more brutal with them. My dad yeah. ran onto the pitch at, at Old Wembley and got I think like a bit of a sort of <laughs> a bit of a. Boot to the back of the head, something like that, and so many many yeah. years later, when I was about eleven or twelve, we went to um, we went to the old division, what, what, what would have been, I think, the equivalent the equivalent of now League One, playoff semi final, and we got through to the final in a quite a dramatic fashion um and at the full time everyone ran on the pitch except me and my dad because my dad was very much (laughs) holding me back we can't we're not allowed and I was so upset because the next day at school all my mates were you on the pitch were you on the pitch I had to lie and pretend I was knowing full well it was just me and my dad left in the stand so years later when we got promoted to the Premier League I think it was in 2012 I was like right this time dad we are going on then you're not yeah. big enough to stop me now with going on. And he and yeah. it was the same as your dad, he felt very naughty going on again. That 14 year yeah. old in him came out again.
0: Yeah, it reminds me when we played Portsmouth and it was, we were fighting relegation. And if we won, Southampton would go down. So all the Portsmouth fans obviously were supporting us and they all had gone into the club shop and they'd, loads of them had bought Albion shirts So it was like the whole ground was supporting Albion. And it was surreal. At one point, all the Portsmouth fans were singing, let them score, because they wanted Southampton to go down. And then when we won, they invaded the pitch with us. So that was, yeah.
1: Yeah, I love it. Stuff like that. I think it was similar when, you know, the the infamous um, Man City win in in 2012, the Aguero moment I think on that same day QPR survived because of results elsewhere so I think the whole stadium ended up celebrating the same thing I love it when stuff like that happens
0: yeah definitely so
1: so who were the earliest sort of um footballers you remember seeing whether it be kind of you know in person or just in general the names you remember you mentioned a few early on but who were kind of the your heroes early doors
0: my (laughs) Jeff Astle was one of my all time, even from the, when I was little, apparently, and I couldn't say his name right, I used to call him Jeff Astle. <laughs> and I remember during the World Cup they you could collect these discs from petrol stations mm. and they'd got all the different players, and my brothers convinced me that you had to collect the same player. So every time they got a Jeff Astle one, they would swap it with one of mine. <laughs> so I had like 40 Jeff Astles, and they collected the whole set. But I was happy because I love Jeff Astle. Yeah. And I've always had that. Um, so I remember like the, the sort of the 70s team, like Jeff Astle, Tony Brown, Bomber Brown. Um, and actually, when it was weird, when we went to go and see the, the playoffs in Port Vale, as we were driving at Wembley Way, my dad was driving at Wembley Way, and there was a people carrier next to us with all the Albion greats in it. And that we were literally, because the traffic was just like edging forward. It's just like, oh my God, it was Tony Brown, there was Cyril Regis, there was all these like West Brom greats and these people carrying next to us, it was just surreal. Um, so yeah, I mean, Laurie Cunningham, had I had a poster of Brian Robson on my wall because I fancied him. Um, gosh. Yeah, I, I do really remember the, the team of the seventies. I guess because that's when I first really got into it, mm. and we were good.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, they were a fantastic team, and some of those players you mentioned. I always, I always um, have a real soft spot for for Jeff Astle because of his appearances on um, on uh, Fantasy Football alongside the yeah. uh, and Skinner, obviously another another um, comedian. A uh, fan of West Brom, Frank Skinner, yeah. always been very keen to kind of voice him, and he um he starred on that quite a lot. <laughs> I was watching. If you was a big fan of, of Jeff Astle, who I think was quite a kind of you know a, a, a quite a quite a mean player in his day, quite a no nonsense player, and then you know years later there he was on 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 ITV every sort of night dressing up yeah. as various pop stars and singing songs. <laughs> it Was great.
0: Well, I know. I, I remember the one night watching it. And when I was younger, I used to love the Wombles. Yeah. And I was watching Manchester League football and my my brain nearly exploded because Jeff Astle was dressed as a Womble. It's like my two worlds collided. I was like, what? What are you doing, Jeff? But, yeah, I mean, he was, you know, he was one of the, the all-time greats at the Albion. And, I mean, there's that thing when the... There's a bridge, I think, in, Tivita- in Tipton, and on it it was painted, and it's been there. It was there for years, and like is um, King, and um, like you know, no matter how much the council try and, it's always repainted on Astley's King. And then when he died, um, you know, the King is dead. Somebody mm. painted the King is dead on it, and that's still there. Apparently, it's still so they keep, but now they've actually made it into a sort of like heritage thing for him, so. Yeah, is a lot of people at home had Jeff Astler's there because I think it. I think back then players stuck to the te- the same teams, didn't they? There wasn't yeah. all this chopping and changing, you know. So I don't. I can't remember how many games you racked up, but you know, that doesn't happen as much these days.
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. There, there is. I mean, a lot of those players you mentioned then, um, you know, in, including Astor and you know Cyril Regis, they were players who you connect to one club. It's the same, I suppose, with Bobby Charlton, with George Best, uh, Trevor Senior. You you know those players from the 70s and the 80s. You go, and he played for this team. He played for that team. They might have popped off elsewhere, but they spent the majority of their career in one place. And I suppose that, you're right, that's not really a thing anymore with with Premier no. League teams. You can have somebody sort of, you know, There used to be even in the 90s when I sort of grew up watching football. There's, there's certain teams you knew, like, players should not play for both these teams. I mean, I remember the, the absolute sort of madness of Paul Ince being a Man United player and a few seasons later playing for Liverpool it was really controversial. Whereas now yeah. you sort of think, oh, well, no one would really bat an eyelid now.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think that's why, I suppose as well, I mean, like, I've got respect for players that do stick with the team. Mm. I mean, you look at Vardy when he stayed with Leicester and he could have quite easily jumped ship. Yeah. And I think Grealish as well. I mean, Grealish could have left Villa a lot earlier mm. than he actually did. And I respect them for that because, and the fans respect them. And I know they've got no loyalty to club. They don't have to. They've got to go with the money is. But I think as a fan, you, you know, you don't expect it of them. But when they do it, you kind of, you know, think a lot more of them. Well, I do.
1: No, I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. You, I mean, your favourites at your club are never somebody who stayed there on you know, a six-month loan or anything like that or a yeah. short contract. They're the players who either sort of came up through the, through the, the you know, locals who came up through the team or players who were there for a long time. Absolutely spot on. So so speaking of sort of like the modern era now, you've got a lot of great memories, kind of like the, the, the 70s and the 80s. But how, how do you, do you still get to, to West Brom games now as often as you can? Do you still I, get to?
0: I haven't been... Um... You know what, I've, I've lost, I've lost respect for the Albion. Ooh. Um The way they treated um, Slavin Bilic, hmm. I thought was appalling. And um, the way that he, you know, we drew at the Etihad and he was already sacked and basically it had been leaked. So he was sitting on a coach with his players coming back, and they knew he was sacked before he did. And he was so um, respectful in his statement. And he was so, if they, you know, he just, did, he didn't have any support. Um, they didn't back him, you know, and they sat, I thought they sacked him far too early.
1: Oh, absolutely. And then I just,
0: the way they treated him. it, it was I, I just thought, you know what? That, that is just appalling. Um, and then they've just had this... We've had the top trump of shit managers.
1: Hmm.
0: I mean, and it's one after another after another. And there's just no thought that goes into it. I mean, we had bloody... Oh, God. Some Allardyce. What? Somebody accused me of not being a fan because I said, well, if they lose under Allardyce, I don't give a shit because I can't stand them out. And they were saying, well, you're not obviously a proper fan. And I'm like, well, you know, can't you sort of question your team's morals and ethics? Mm. I think you can. And so I have been a bit disillusioned with them. And I think as well talking, because knowing Adrian, a lot of his friends, sort of know people in the media, have worked at the Albion. So they know a lot of the background information. So they kind of let you know what's going on with the board and stuff. And it's all, our, our owner at the moment is just a rogue. Mm. He's just a rogue. And um, until he's gone, um, I've, I've got a little interest of going there at the moment, which is awful because I've never said that before. Of course. I mean, I'm, I'm the born optimist and it's when I go with Adrian, I mean, Adrian is the absolute opposite. I mean, we can be, I remember we were playing QPR and he was, we were winning five one and he kept looking at his phone to see how much time we'd got left. And I went, mate, are we going to win now? And he went, no, just one more. I'll be happy. We (laughs) score again. And he's still like, yeah, you're not going to say one more. And he still goes one more. And then he goes in tracks the time. When he goes to extra time, he always starts his stopwatch on his phone. Oh, so really? Yeah. And he keeps looking at it. I'm going, mate, it's 7-1. Nothing's going to happen now. And he's genuinely like, oh, no, it's not not until the final whistle. It's
1: a funny old game. comedians talking about football well one thing i haven't done karen yet is i I always get stick for this from the listeners is that is when i don't stay with the format um i haven't given you any of our emergency facts yet what i do is i to to show i've done some research i i hit the guest with some emergency facts about their own club see if it's something that they might not know about um, oh, cool. the club they support. So it is a it is a really fun fact that I found out, and I genuinely would never have thought this. Yeah. So, did you know, at <laughs> an altitude of 551 feet above sea level, the Hawthorns is the I highest of that. all the 92 Premier League and Football League grounds?
0: I did know that.
1: Excellent. I mean, it's it's a cool fact. I never knew it, but I imagine it's something yeah, you'd know as a I fan.
0: Do. Yeah, we do know it. And also it's, it's, it's strange as well because when, uh, when um, games get cancelled because of weather, the Albion is quite often uh, frozen or, or, you know, snow and everything. People go, but, but, it's, but, yeah, it's the altitude.
1: Um, some other facts I found out which I thought was quite interesting, which was uh, the 2004-2005 the season saw West Brom become the first team in, in the Premier League. To avoid relegation having been bottom of the table at Christmas?
0: Yes. The Great Escape. I've got that on DVD. Excellent. Brian Robson as manager at the time.
1: Love it. Love it. And, and Jeff
0: Horsfield, uh, who I actually became quite good mates with, scored the second goal. Oh, really? In the, uh, well, through Adrian, I've got his best mate Simo used to work at the press right. for... So I got to know Jeff and also Chris Brunt. He comes to my comedy club because he lives in Sutton. Hmm. Uh, I met Richard Snakers as well. Um, but yeah, that's it really. I do get a little bit, it's weird. I get a bit tongue-tied when I meet players. But Chris Brunt's lovely. He's a really nice guy. Oh, it's, it's, it's hmm.
1: great. I'm the same, you know, and it means nothing to anyone else. But, you know, when it's your team and someone you used to watch... Yeah, week in week out, you do get you do get starstruck. I and mean, then this this is another one you'll know, of course. Um, but uh, well, I'll give you I'll give you two more emergency questions. Um, sorry, emergency questions. It's not Um Roasterbar. <laughs> <laughs> this is that's what I've nicked it from. Um, so so one is that well, I didn't know this that they're originally called the West Brom Strollers. Strollers,
0: yeah. Could not see that
1: catching on now. Could you a, a football no. team in the Premier no, League my called boy, Strollers?
0: Probably- it probably could catch on <laughs> speak with the attitude of some of the players. Uh, but yeah, I knew that. Yeah, the West Brom strollers. And they uh, the 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 do you know what, why we called the baggies? Uh
1: I think I saw it here, but remind me.
0: Well, the rumour is because it was the shorts that they used to wear.
1: Right.
0: But it wasn't that. It was a lot of the people a lot of the um fans used to go straight from the factories to the to the football and they had big sort of big baggy sort of pockets and trousers and the other fans used to say here come the baggies
1: never knew that I never knew that (laughs) um so we're going to finish off then my favorite part of any episode where I ask our guests to put together a fantasy five-a-side team now obviously these are made up of West Brom (laughs) <laughs> players, the team you support, but I don't. I don't yeah. want all your favorite. I don't want all the best. I don't want the greatest players of all time. You know, I, all I want is five players that mean something to you, Karen Bailey. I want yeah. players that you know. I might not have ever heard of. Maybe our listeners haven't even heard of. But s- the players that mean something to you it doesn't necessarily have to be a keeper, two just de- uh, two defenders, midfielder, striker. It could be any five players at all. So. Yeah. It's over to you. You are the gaffer. Who are you going to pick?
0: Right. Well, I'm going to go for reasons. Um, obviously, there's, I suppose they are good players. But my first would be Brian Robson. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was in love with him and had a poster on my wall. And I eventually met him. Mm and um, when I was a comedian and uh, spent a night drinking with when he was just after we'd survived relegation. And I was in this Manchester hotel and there was him, Nigel Pearson, and the club doctor and the um, kit bloke. And my friend said, oh, go and say hello. And I was like, I can't, I can't. Anyway, long story short, I went over, said hello. And they said, oh, do you wanna have a drink? So I sat drinking with them. Um, and he was absolutely lovely but if you'd have said to my teenage self you will sit next to Brian Robson and have a glass of red wine I'd go nah so I'm picking him also brilliant. as well I thought he was a brilliant player not a very good manager You um, can't be good at everything so he's, he's definitely in the squad um, I have to have Jeff Astle of course because I mean that's just a no-brainer because I collected all those world cup discs for a reason (laughs) and my three-year-old oh no god no I think my mom probably threw them away she probably you know all 40 of them Um, I used to
1: to know about you but my dad used to get really annoyed because um the ones that you got in around the world I collect them for world cup 98 when I was a kid and they're around the same size as two pound coins which came out around that time so my dad would go around the house going, oh, too quid. Oh, it's another Paul Scholes or a gra- <laughs> Graham Lassau. For f- I think yeah. sometimes my dad would get to like a like a shop or something and he'd pull out what he thought was maybe a 10p or a two quid and it would just be something like, sorry, sir, we don't accept David Beckham as currency. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. like, so um, I have an image of just your parents going around your house finding little Jeff Astles everywhere. Jeff
0: Astles, <laughs> I know. And the fact was I was perfectly happy with my 40 Jeff Astles. Yeah. Uh, who wouldn't be? <laughs> um, right, so that's two. Who else would I have? I would have... Right, I'm going to have this player. Um, <laughs> because he'll be a player that some people um, might have... Heard, well, they will have heard of. That he's from... I've never saw him play. His name's Derek Kevin. Okay, And the reason I'm choosing him is because my brother is named after him, as in Kevin, as in K-E-V-A-N. And uh, there is actually a Derek Kevin suite at the Albion and um, I walked past, it was Adrian once, I went, oh, Derek Kevin, there's a suite here. I said, my brother's named after him. And he went, what, Derek? (laughs) No, Kevin, you do it. Um, So, yeah, so Derek, Kevin, um, because my dad wanted to call my brother Kevin. My mom says, I'm not having him called Kevin. And uh, my dad said, what about Kevin? She's sort of quite like that, not realising that my dad has just named her firstborn after a footballer. <laughs> so that has got to be, I mean, my brother's nearly 62. So that's got to be a first for being named yeah. after a footballer.
1: Yeah, that's that's going back a bit. I've just I've just had a look at this this for legs. I've not heard of um, Derek Kevan before, um, and I mean he played for some, um, a lot of top teams. You know, he was he was at West Brom for ten years, which is normally when you spend ten years at a club that's your career over. But no, went on to play for Chelsea, Man City, Crystal Palace, Peterborough United, Luton Town, Stockport County, Macclesfield Town, Boston United, Starbridge, and Ansell's. So he had a, a, a basically nearly twenty year career which is just absolutely fantastic. But what really shocked me was he made, you no, know, I think this is really good stats, especially by today's standards, which never really get anywhere near here. In his 10 years, he made 262 appearances for West Brom, but he, and, he, and he scored 157 goals, which, you know, is, is, is cracking, really. So really a, a legend of, of the club, no doubt.
0: Yeah, and a lovely story. Um, when my dad passed away, um, they've got a, a memorial garden, in um sorry my dog's getting in the way again (laughs) they've got a memorial memorial garden at the Hawthorns and um we had like um we're gonna get some of my dad's ashes and put them in the memorial garden and my friend Simo knew Derek Kevin's son and he got in touch with Derek's son and told him the whole story about my brother being named after him and their family said they'd be honored if my dad was put next to his plot
1: oh that's fantastic
0: yeah that's amazing yeah yeah it's a nice story isn't it that's really really lovely
1: that's really lovely again a great addition to the um to the lineup
0: um who else so i've got uh i've got to have bomber brown tony bomber brown right okay he's he's a west Brom legend yeah uh and what I love about so much about Tony Brown, he's, he's Albion, if you cut him in half, you would see the blue and white stripes. Mm. He um, is a, a commentator on West Midlands, uh, on BBC WM. And just just listening to him talk about the Albion, he's so knowledgeable, and when we're not playing well, he breaks it down, he knows, what, and then, but when we score, he goes mental. And just to hear him like that excited, and also as well, he was a brilliant player. There's actually a statue at the Albion of, um, of Bomber Brown. Amazing. Um, and now, I'm torn. Can I, have, can I have another player and two on the subs bench?
1: <laughs> yeah, go on then. We'll let you off. I'll, I just want to say quickly, I'm, I'm sort of looking up some of these players I'm not too familiar with myself. Look, looking up Tony hmm. Bomber Brown. Um, first of all, what I absolutely love is the, is the positions he's listed at as a very old school like these days yeah. you'd never have jack Grealish playing wing half or <laughs> yeah. inside forward you know i absolutely love that yeah. sort of, i'd love it one day now you know you are like is going to play wing half i absolutely love it um i mean this 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 lad he was at west brom for just short of 20 years 574 appearances 218 goals you know a, a really real legend obviously at west brom he returned to west brom in 1981 I
0: think I think, he is he the highest um, goal scorer for West Brom? I think he might
1: be. I was, I was just going to say quickly that he did leave for a little while and came back in 1981. But, but in his um in his time off, he played for New England Team men and Jacksonville team men No idea what clubs they are. <laughs> I've no doubt probably have brought it over in America or something. But yeah. I love that he went and played at these little clubs where he scored lots of goals and came back and sort of finished his career at West Brom for one last uh one last season. I, I absolutely love that. So again, fantastic cult-like player. These they, we, always, we always call these like a cult-like five aside because they end up being full of cult players from the club. So this is the sort of thing that yeah, goes I down great. Think
0: that's, so my last... Uh, uh, is, I'm going to have three players Go for it. that were known as Three Degrees at West Brom
1: mm.
0: after the singing group because uh, West Brom um, famously was one of the first team to have black players yeah, and there was Cyril Regis, yeah. uh, Laurie Cunningham and Brendan Batson um, and yeah they were just, it was just amazing to see black players, you know they were the first black players, uh, I don't know whether they were the first black players at a club but I know that at the time Albion having three black players was like unheard yeah. of. Um, And then there was the whole Ron Atkinson scandal Mm. where he purportedly said that he allegedly said that he discovered the three degrees. He didn't, they were already at the Albion. Um, (laughs) But I mean, Laurie Cunningham went on to be the first ever black player to go to Real Madrid. Cyril, just an Albion legend. I mean, people so, they had a massive uh, memorial for him. When he died, he died way before his time. Um, was he 60 or something? Something ridiculous. And of course, um, and then Brendan Batson. So I would have those three just for what they stand for, I think.
1: Fantastic. And I mean, what, what, a, we talked earlier about, you know, the Midlands clubs having such a rich history. Let's just look at that team there, including substitutes, of course, you know, um, Brendan Batson, um, Laurie Cunningham, uh, Cyril Regis, Tony Bomber Brown, Derek Kevan, uh, Jeff Astle, and Brian Robson. What a lineup!
0: <laughs> I know, and I know, I, and I'm not going for the fact that there were brilliant players. Reasons that's not, you know. Hmm. I mean, the fact that I fancied one. I mean, is a pretty <laughs> pathetic,
1: leader, isn't it?
0: Oh no, no. Even though he had, had a third division perm.
1: Trust me, there's been for this um for this section of the podcast there have been. Stranger, stranger picks for stranger reasons, um, and I'm really glad you sort of you made the sensible decision there to say, look, I can't decide here. Can I have a substitute as opposed to Maisie Adam, who sort of created her own hybrid of two different defend, uh, sorry, t- of two different goalkeepers. She kept one keeper's ha- hands and one keeper's legs uh while she tried to explain to me the biology of how that would work. So yeah, that right. was all over the shoulder. Yeah.
0: Well, and saying that, I haven't I I've sort of loosely said they're subs, but they're no way are they subs, if, yeah. if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll tell you what we're calling. It's five aside, you can do roll-in subs. When one of them gets a bit naked, we'll bring them on. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: When Derek well, gets a bit knackered, we can bring one on.
1: Exactly. And you know, well, I, could, I could see you maybe calling off um, Brian Robson to sit next to you on the bench for a little while as the gaffer.
0: Oh, God, absolutely. Well, not on the bench. You can sit on my lap. <laughs> sod sod me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: well, i allowed to say that. <laughs> yeah, of course. You, you can say whatever you want, whatever you want. Trust be Charlie Austin said a lot worse on this podcast. Um,
0: <laughs> I'm going to definitely go and listen to that now.
1: <laughs> well, Karen, thanks so much for coming on. I've really enjoyed this. It's been a great chatting well, to you. thank
0: you so much. It's been lovely.
1: Um, and I just want to finish on a question that I was going to use for the uh, quickfire round you might have noticed there wasn't anything too specific to West Brom fans there but I thought in the end I'd take this fashion out and I'd leave it at the end for us to finish on and that question is what is that boiler all
0: about fuck knows it's embarrassing (laughs) it is so embarrassing and you know what what's so funny when it first arrived I think that you know the throstles the other Mm. um it was so funny because the one was t- t- take it, sassing about with his football but he took his football but and just rested it on the boiler's head <laughs> <laughs> it was flat I feel so sorry for the bloke in that costume <laughs>
1: oh dear All Right, thanks again Karen, see you soon
0: thank you so much, bye
1: it's a funny old game A huge thank you once again to Karen Bailey for being our first guest on this new series of Comedians Talking About Football. Uh, If this is the first time you've listened to the podcast, then as I said, you're very welcome. If you like what you heard, why not go back and listen to some of the episodes in the previous three series. We've had some amazing guests who include Maisie Adam, Josh Pugh, Adam Mensah, Nathan Caton, Mark Olver, the cast of This Country. And we have got some great guests coming up later in this series so why not subscribe um also worth saying why not follow us on the socials as well if you search comedians talking about football into facebook or youtube we should come up there give us a, give us a follow on either of those and you can find us on x or instagram uh, yeah it still feels weird saying x doesn't it it's twitter twitter and instagram uh you can find us on both it's the same handle which is at com Talk Footy Pod. that's at talk footy pod and if you really enjoyed the podcast why not leave us a review on uh, apple podcast as well we really appreciate it or at the very least just tell your friends that this is a podcast you think they might enjoy until next time where my guest will be uh josh Pugh once again we're going back to our interview with him in 2021 and we're going to be talking more in depth about his uh his involvement with the uh Fusolf england football team uh because he's currently as this podcast goes out playing in the partially-cited World Cup. So we're going to be revisiting uh, a chat we had with Josh. And after that, we'll be speaking to Matt Hobbs about Bristol City FC. Until then, I've been Sam Michael. Thanks very much for joining me on this episode of Comedians Talking About Football. Football. At the end of the day. Football. It's a funny old game. A to us. Comedians talking about football. Comedians talking about football. Comedians talking about football. Mm.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.